Well, good morning, friends. Well, some of you came in and you are, might be sitting on one of these black cards that say Toxic Church. This is our fall series in September that we launched right after Labor Day, so September 9th, I believe it is. So this is for you to invite someone. If each one of us would reach one person, it's so simple. You don't even have to explain who Jesus is or your faith. You could just say, hey, just want to invite you to my church. And I know one person uh, particularly is already invited, and then that person's already came up to me and is like, hey, so your church is doing this? I'm like, yeah. And oh, the image looks so creepy, but cool. I've written these messages. I got goosebumps thinking about this message and the idea that, you know, people don't like coming to church because they think we're toxic. And I want to say, you're right, some of us are, me included. And so this is going to look at things that Jesus doesn't want in our lives that make people say, hey, I don't want to go with a bunch of hypocrites. Oh, yeah, there are times where we just got to take off the mask, Right? Because we do say, hey, I got to put on my best, right? And the mask goes on. And we're going to do, th- oh, I'm so excited. Turn to your neighbor and say, get excited. There you go. So, hey, each one, reach one. You're going to get another one of these next week, okay? I pray and hope that when we leave here this morning, there are none left on the seats, okay? And even if you're not going to pass one out, just make me feel good and just grab one anyways, all right? Just look at your seat and say, let me just grab all these, all right? Hey, we're going to continue in our three-part series, which this week is part two, so we're halfway there. And um, this week, we're going to look at um, something that God never said that probably is very popular in our culture. You may have said it. I'm sure I've said it at times. But last week, I danced for you all, and um, which you guys gave me more of an ovation than first service did. I will say that. So thank you, second service. You made me feel better. But I did say don't post it on YouTube. I failed to mention, don't post it on Facebook. (laughs) And many of you took the liberty to go to Facebook and post it. And just this morning, it had almost 6,000 views on it. So half the population of Sturgis. So you guys are awesome. And um, I'm never dancing for you again. Learned my lesson. My kids were like critiquing me afterwards. Like seriously, you get up and try to do this stuff in front of 300 people. It's difficult, okay? But last week we looked at the popular belief, above all else, God wants me happy. God delights in your happiness, but we pursue him, not happiness. And when we pursue him, our heart is molded after our heavenly father's hearts, and we're delighted to do what he does, and we're filled with joy. One of the fruits of the spirit is joy, not happiness. They're completely different things. Today, one of the biggest misbeliefs about God is spoken all over. I see it all over social media. But three things I know in life will happen And we're in different phases. You're going to bump into these three things. Number one, you're about to go into a very difficult season in your life. Number two, maybe some of you, you're in the middle of a very difficult season in your life right now. Or three, you just got out of a very difficult season in your life. And life can get complicated quickly. All of a sudden, before we know it, and it seems like maybe sometimes our hands weren't even in it, life just started to spiral out of control, and we're down in the valley, and we're like, how did I ever get there so quickly? Maybe for some of us, it's our finances. You never thought, I thought I had control, and before I know it, I've got debt collectors, and just I'm up to my eyeballs. Our relationships are blowing up, and we're trying the best that we can do. We were friends, and now we're frenemies, and we're just trying to the best that we can do. Our kids are rebelling, and you're like, man, God, I tried to grow them up and bring them to this church thing, and I don't know what is happening. But 
all of a sudden, life can seem to get really heavy and heavy and heavy. And we're at the point where we just say, I can't take it anymore. And then a loving Christian will come to you with their annoying Christian advice. Perhaps you've heard someone say this, well, when God closes a door, he always opens a window. What does that even mean? But they mean well, right? They know that your life is a little difficult, and they mean well, and you don't want to hear this when you're on the 12th floor of a hotel room, like, what? No, God, you can close that window, thank you. You don't want that, but you may have heard that when life is tough, or perhaps you've heard this, hey, don't remember God helps those who help themselves. Where is that in Scripture? But a well-meaning Christian with their annoying advice may say that to you. That, is, that could be week four of God never said that. He never said that. But the number one thing that we like to share when life gets tough to help people in times of need is this, that God will never give you more than you can handle. Really? I see this posted on social media and it, oh, it makes, I'm like, really, have you ever experienced life? Life is more than you can handle. God has given you more than you can handle. It's there. And in fact, what people have done is, why do people even say this? Well, they've taken a misunderstanding or misquoted a guy by the name of Paul. Now, Paul used to hate Christians. He persecuted them. He persecuted them in the first century world, followers of Jesus. He just wanted this Jesus thing to stop, and he met God on a road, and then he became a church planner. God changed his name from Saul to Paul, and he goes, and he, he, the reason why or two-thirds of your Newer Testament is written by this guy. He goes and just does church plants all over the place, and one of those places in the, is in the city of Corinth. And we have his letter in 1 Corinthians. And this is where good, well-meaning Christians just give the wrong advice and say the wrong thing and may misquote a very powerful verse. And here's what Paul actually says. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He did not say handle, he said tempted. Temptation can lead to sin. Life just getting difficult may not lead you to sin. It's just chaotic and it's heavy. But Paul's saying, church and Corinth followers of Jesus, I want you to know, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Why? Because when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. God never said, I, will I won't give you more than what you can handle. God says, I won't let you be tempted to be tested beyond a sinful thing. That I will always give you a way out if you're going to sin. There's a door for you, but not that God won't give you more than you can handle. And we just take that temptation word and make it handle when life gets tough, and it's not what God is saying. In fact, you can um, look at people all throughout Scripture and see that life gets very difficult for them. It gets heavy, and you sit there and go, wow, I'm glad I'm not in your shoes 
For instance, in the Older Testament, you have a guy by the name of Gideon in the book of Judges. Gideon, God is calling Gideon to rise up and be a judge for the nation of Israel. And Gideon, you know what he tells God? Um, God, you may have the wrong dude. Like, I don't think I can lead. There's, there's, there's people, and by the way, I come from the weakest clan of all of the Israelites, and I'm the least in my family. This is too much for me to lead these people. Oh, and then it jumps over to Moses. Moses, who leads the Israelites out of slavery. Moses was slow to speak. He was a poor leader. He was a murderer, by the way. He wasn't a good speaker because his speech impediment. And he's like, God, these people are wearing me out. This is too heavy. He's like, God, if, you know what? Just end my life. So Moses said, I'm done leading these complaining people. It's too heavy for me. And then Esther, when she took on the throne, Queen Esther, she was terrified. She had a fear within her. And then the mighty King David, when the, his sin finally caught up to him, this is what he writes in the book of Psalm. Psalm 38, 4. This is his, after his sin was caught. He said, my guilt has what, friends? Overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. It was too much for him. And then he write, and then he continues in verse 8. He says, I'm exhausted and completely what? I'm compl- I, I, it's too much. My groans come from an anguished heart. King David, I've had enough. I'm exhausted. I'm crushed. It's just, God, I'm overwhelmed with everything. And in fact, Jesus, Mark records for us in Mark chapter 14, that Jesus, when he knows he's going to go to the cross for you and for me, here's what Jesus says about life. Jesus began to be deeply distressed and what? Troubled. Even Jesus, the Son of God, was deeply distressed and troubled. And then here's what Jesus says. My soul is what, friends? Overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And this is Jesus sweating drops of blood. He's so anguished because he knows what lies ahead. He's overwhelmed with life. But I thought God will never give us more than we can handle. Hmm. God actually never said that. So why would God give us more than we can handle? Right? Because let's be honest, we don't like that. We sometimes want it easy sailing in life. I don't want difficulties. The storms just go away. We want it easy sailing. Why would an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving God ever allow us to go through life where situations, they're just too much for you? Well, this morning, I want to, I want to suggest, I want to bring to you scripture that two reasons why God would ever give you more than you can handle. Are you ready, note takers? Let's try that again, because I will tell you, first service, I was preaching my brains out. I was sweating like crazy. I stink right now. I'm sweating already, but the preaching's about to begin, just to warn you, all right? So are you guys ready? There we go. Why would God ever allow you, ever, to have too much, more than you can handle? Because too much, number one, too much teaches me to depend on his what, friends? Presence. It's really interesting when life gets easy, how we can forget about God. 
hey, God, I'm, I'm glad things are going. Thanks for blessing, and it's just, things are going well. I hope you're still with me, but I'm not really talking as much to you anymore. But life is great. Then all of a sudden, oh, you're slipping a little bit in life. And life's getting more difficult. Kids are rebelling. The relationship's not as good. Finances aren't good. You should have got that promotion, and you didn't. And you're sitting there now at the bottom, and you're like, oh, God, I need you. Oh, God, I need you. Where are you now, God? I need you more than ever right now because life is too difficult. I'm at the bottom of the valley right now. I was uh, talking to this lady. Uh, I I didn't tell her what I do for a living because it was irrelevant, but then it became relevant. But I think she had the spiritual gift of cussing. I'm pretty sure she did. (laughs) And she didn't know what I did. And... (laughs) It was great. I wish I would record that conversation. It was great. She was combining cuss words that I didn't know you can combine. It was like, wow, you're amazing. You should write a book. Hopefully no one buys that book, but I'm just saying, your creativity is really good. And she was just, just life was too difficult, right? And they finally asked her, well, what do you do? I'm a pastor. <laughs> oh, well, I don't go to church. And the, and the cussing continued. I'm like, all right, go girl. Like, just keep doing your thing. And uh, she finally got, and just life was crumbling to her. And she says, oh, by the way, could you pray for my marriage? Oh. Life was too much, right? And all of a sudden, a God that you don't know, you're willing to allow someone to go to his presence and say, please help me. I had a a colleague that's a pastor that uh, was flying in an airplane. Well, what else do you fly in, I guess, in an airplane? And um, as he was flying, he was sitting next to a woman, and in the process, having a conversation, she asked him, what does he do? And he said, yeah, I'm a pastor. She said, well, don't try to convert me to Christianity. He's like, all right, you know, no problem. And we, I think their conversation stopped, but they hit some turbulence. And my colleague really felt like only once, like maybe a minute, we'll get through this turbulence. And I'm so demented that when I fly, I, I want to hit that turbulence that like drops me about 9,000 feet. Just for that scare, like, oh, is this really the end? Like, I don't really, but I kind of do, you know? It's like that thrill. I told, that's demented. You don't want to know what's up here. That's demented. But I really do. They were five minutes into this turbulence, and it's not getting any better. And they hit one of those, whoa. She leans over and grabs his leg, and she said, you can, you can pray for my salvation now. <laughs> Why? Because too much teaches me to depend on his presence. It's amazing when life gets difficult how we want to be drawn into the presence of God. Jonah, the prophet in the Old Testament, Jonah, he rebelled against God. God wanted him to go to Nineveh and preach to the Ninevites. Hey, go there and preach, and we got to save these people. And he's like, "Mm, no, no thanks, God. Goes this way, and God's going to have a heyday with him. For a series of circumstances, Jonah finds himself on a boat sailing away because he doesn't want to go where God told him to go, and he gets tossed over in the storm, and a big fish swallows him. Like, not a good day, right? Like, when a big fish swallows you, not a good day. And he's sitting in the belly of this big fish. We don't know what it was, but it says fish in all of our kids' Bibles. Make it a whale. We don't know what it was. And this is what he says in Jonah 2, verses 2 and 7. Look at him, and when he's at the bottom of the valley, he says this. In my distress, can we read these next five words together? I called to the Lord. (laughs) 
Because when life gets tough, that's what you do. You're drawn into his presence. And he answered me. And then verse 7, he says, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you. Why would God ever allow you to go through too much? Because it teaches us to depend on his presence. But here's the challenge. Is that when we face storms in life, and it's too heavy, we start to question, God, where are you? I thought he's supposed to be good and loving and always there. Where are you? Someone needs to hear this. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Come on now. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, he is with you in the midst of the hell and the chaos and the storm in your life right now. And what does he say? I'm preaching my brains out. I told you I'm coming. What is God's voice in Scripture? Still, small voice. And when storms hit you, all you hear is noise and chaos. And I wonder if we're ever going to get to heaven and we say, God, can you, why didn't you save me from that storm? That felt like hell on earth because you were so absent from me. I wonder if God's going to say, I was there all the time. You didn't slow down enough in the storm to allow me to speak to you. And I wanted to give you everything you needed. But you thought you were so tough that you could handle it. You never cried out to me. You never slowed down enough just to sit and spend time with me. And I was there and I was ready to help you and I was crying with you. Because too much teaches you to depend on me. That's where some of us are there this morning. Look what the psalmist writes in Psalm 145, 18. He says, the Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. Why would your God ever allow you to experience more than you can handle? Because too much teaches me to depend on his presence. I can't do it alone, God. I can't take it anymore. Life is too heavy. It's too chaotic. I need you more than ever right now. And I would rather be in the valley with Jesus than on a mountaintop without him. I would rather go through hell and back and be in tears and face depression and anxiety and go through rocky times in my marriage and rocky times with my kids and my kids rebelling with Jesus and trying to do it alone. Because he'll sustain me. He'll give me the power. He'll give me the strength. He'll give me what I need when I need to depend on his presence. Some of you this morning, you just need to get down on your knees and say, God, I need you. Because I can't keep doing it by myself. I bought into that lie that you won't give me more than you, I can handle. Oh, no, you did. God, let me depend on you. This miscarriage right now is too heavy. My divorce that I'm walking through right now is too heavy. My kid that I love so much is walking away from you. My finances and my job, I need you. 
I need you. Will God give you more than you can handle? Welcome to life. It will throw you curveballs, but he's greater than it. He's greater. So, too much teaches me to depend on his presence. Turn to your neighbor and say, better depend. Turn to your other neighbor, speak it louder, and say, you definitely better be uh, whatever. (laughs) All right, we got number one. God never said he won't give you more than you can handle. (laughs) Don't buy into that lie. Don't buy into that lie. Number two. Here's what it teaches us. Too much allows me to experience his power. Too much allows me to experience his power. Here's what happens. When we buy into the lie that God won't give me more than I can handle, we hold on tight to the storm and the chaos of life. We're holding on, we're holding on, because I can do it. God won't give me more than I can handle. I can go through it. And we become prideful, and we just won't let go. You were not created to hold on to the storms of your life. You were created to depend on God and hold on to him through the storms of your life. Some of you missed that. That's all right. I'll go keep going on, though. You missed? No, I'm not. You're going to say amen. I, I trust it, right? I'm ready. I'm ready. I forgot what I said, but that's all right. Just say amen right now. Thank you. Sounds good, right? Here we go. Too much allows me to experience his power. Here you have Paul. Paul, who writes another letter back to that city he started in Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he writes back to them. These first time, remember this is first generation's followers of Jesus. They don't know what it looks like. We can at least look back. We have 2,000 years of church fathers and just churches, and we can look and understand and theologians. These are first generations trying to figure out what following Jesus looks like. And here's what Paul writes about his experience. He says this, but he said to me, this is God speaking to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my, what friends? Power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. What? Not in our culture. You don't dare tell people what your weakness is. You hold on. You have power, right? You can handle it. Paul says, no, I delight in it. I delight in the insults that people are hurling at me when I'm walking in the, the city of Ephesus and there's prostitution, sexual rituals that are going on to worship that pagan goddess and I'm trying to get them away from it and start this Jesus movement here. Yeah, I'm going to delight in the insults that are hurled. I'm going to delight in hardships. What? We don't want it hard. Yeah, Paul's hardships beaten, he was whipped, he was left for dead, he was shipwrecked, he had a snake bite. Things weren't going well for him. But he says, you know what? I'm going to delight in them. I'm going to delight in persecutions and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am what? For when I am weak, then I am strong. Come on, let's repeat it after me. Ready? For when I am weak, then I am strong. Again, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And what is so beautiful about this is when you're sitting there in the midst of, I can't take this God anymore. He says, you're right. Give it to me. Depend on me, and I'll give you the power to go through the storm. Come on, I'm preaching my brains out. 
that same power. Oh, it is hot up here. Someone, whoo, it's getting hot. Man, I'm going to take a shower when I get home. That same power that rose Jesus lives with you as a follower of Jesus. Man, why would God ever, ever allow you to go through too much more than you can handle? Because, because too much teaches me to depend on his presence and too much allows me to experience his power. And there are times in my life when I've got to come up on stage, and I love Sundays. It's Super Bowl Sunday in my life. Every time I come up here, man, Jesus is good. I just, oh, I want people to experience him. And I have to come up here after my wife and I had just got into an argument Saturday night, and I got to preach a marriage message. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Or my kids are just chaotic, and now i got to tell you how to parent. Yeah, great example right now. It's so difficult sometimes. I've come up here exhausted and tired, but still want to give Jesus to everyone. And I've come up here, not to be gross, but I've come up here with tummy bugs sometimes. And I had to say, man, what happens if i got to run backstage? <laughs> We'll keep doing service, but what's going to happen? Here's what I know, that when I have the least to bring, God's got his best to bring. When I've got my least to bring, God's got his best. For some of us this morning, you've bought into the lie so much that God won't give you more than you can handle. And you have been sitting there just paddling away in the storm. Because God won't give me more than I can handle. I got it. I'm big. I'm strong. I got to show everyone. I got to impress people. I'm just prideful. I'm just, I got to make it through the storm. I can do it. And you're just paddling away at the storm. This morning, you need to take the paddle and put it down and get into, stale, and get into the sailboat. Put that sail up and let the Spirit of God take you where the Spirit of God needs to take you. You can't do it alone. You were never created for that. You were created for dependency. And that's so countercultural today because what do we train our kids and the younger generation? Be independent. And then they get into the faith world and try to follow Jesus, and it's like, okay, but you got to be dependent on one person. You got to be dependent on who Jesus is. And for some of us, you will have more than you can handle. If you're raising kids, you got more than you can handle. If you're a man married, or a woman married, you got more than you can handle. Or if you're a man and woman dating, if you try to do foster care for kids, you've got more than you can handle. If you want to serve on Team Radiant and be a change maker and all the things, you're going to have more than you can handle. But I have to, we got to stop saying I have to be strong and instead start saying I got to be weak, I got to be broken, I got to be dependent on the one who can calm these storms down at the mention of one word and that's where we rest will God give you more than you can handle absolutely because it's life and we live in a broken world he won't give you more than you can be tempted he'll give you a way out 
But handle? Yeah. Praise team, you can make your way up at this time. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For some of us this morning, life is running you over. And it's spiraling quick. Stop rowing and start sailing with Jesus. Because your storms, compared to who your God is, looks like this. I just had a conversation with a woman after first service. She said, Pastor Ryan, your message was so on point. I'm going through a divorce, and I just had a parent die this past week. And my child called me and said, Mom, how you doing? She said, I'm good. He's like, no, Mom, you've had a lot. How are you doing? She says, I'm doing exactly what you just said. I've drawn so near to God in these moments right now. And I'm allowing his power to work through my weakness. So when I'm weak, I'm strong. From some of you this morning, that's where you're at. You just need to depend on his presence and experience his power. It's my heart and prayer to you you would draw close and experience a supernatural power like you've never experienced before. Because it's there.